Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. There's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of those pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. It's my joy to be bringing a new guest with us. So Holly, just take a minute to introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, anything you want to share about your family, and make sure to include a fun fact. Yeah. All right. Well, I am Holly Ward, and I am the Dean of Women at a university in Minnesota, and I obviously I work with women. I have a pretty strong, I mean, ministry background, Christian background. I was raised a Christian basically, and I've been in ministry for uh, like 15 years of my life. Wow. So there's a lot of, yeah, background in that. Um, I have three little children under five years old. So that's, I mean, I've had a lot of sex. <laughs> I guess you have to have sex to have those many. Three children back to back. I've been married for six years. Um, and so actually in the first three months of marriage, I got pregnant with my first. Wow. With Evie. Um, yeah. So that's a story in a, of itself. But um, one fun fact, I like to make a fool of myself or like be <laughs> silly and dance. I won a dance competition one time at a, like, it was in Dallas. It was a conference. I want to say it was like 10,000 people. Oh my and somehow I got on stage to do this dance competition right before George W. Bush talked about leadership. <laughs> and I won. Wow. I tied with a guy who's like in his upper 40s. And so it's crazy. Yeah. How long ago was that? That was when I was like, ooh, I'm 36. So that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. I won tickets yeah. to Disney World. That's awesome. But I never went. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I was okay. more excited about just winning. Yeah. <laughs> that is equally as exciting. Yeah. I would put that on your job application. <laughs> I should. So if. You listeners have not guessed already by the title or by Holly saying that earlier. Um, this episode will be about sex. So we just want to take this disclaimer. And now would be a great time if you want to put in any headphones, if you have little ears around or you're playing this out loud in public and want to put in some headphones, that you have a second to do that to get ready. Holly, what have you been set free from? I've been set free from, I think... This, I had a lot of preconceived ideas about what sex had to be going into marriage. 
Um, and I put a lot of pressure on it. Like it was the pinnacle of my human existence. It was the pinnacle of my marriage. And then I really struggled to orgasm for probably like the first two months, two to three months of our marriage. Um, and I was very set on like just the order of sex and, and orgasming through intercourse mm -hmm. and like with by a penis. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I don't I know how, how it had to that. be. <laughs> yes, I just had this idea of like you do A and then you do B and then C happens. And that's just not what our sex life was like. Um, and I feel like the Lord really set me free from putting sex on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. um, and he also set me free from that pressure that I was placing on myself and on my husband. He helped me come back to the basics of like, this is just one part of your relationship with your husband. And this is has more to do with being known than experiencing an orgasm, mm -hmm. um, which really helped me to enjoy my husband mm -hmm. and receive from him too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So what would you say is the purpose of sex? It's obviously to make babies, mm -hmm. but what else besides that? Yeah. It's a pretty cool way that God designed for children to be made, mm -hmm. which I've always, yeah, that's so cool. And it's definitely like, I've never, I've been reading a book um, called Loveology by John Mark Comer. And he said, um, that sex was the first commandment that God gave hmm. human beings, which I was like, that is just not something that I thought about. Like the first thing that he told us to do was to have sex. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the purpose is to be fruitful and multiply, but also to enjoy and to enjoy each other, to um, – God created our sex organs to have sex. So like our bodies were designed to um, have sex, to enjoy each other, to to be known um, by each other. And ultimately sex is like a reflection of pleasure and, and of God's heart for for delight. I feel like God God said that it was good, that sex was good, that our bodies were good. And that um, he, just like food, food is, mm -hmm. was not made just for our, to sustain us, but it was made for our delight, like to mm -hmm. taste good. And God made sex to taste good. Yeah. 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 He didn't have to make food taste good, but he did. Yeah. He did. It's not a requirement, but he did. And you even said earlier, even the point of sex is not to orgasm, to like hit that goal, mm -hmm. but it's to enjoy, to be known. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there may be a lot of women listening who maybe they're in a serious relationship or they just want to get married in the future or they're engaged currently. Mm -hmm. What would you tell women who are experiencing more than just a little bit of nervousness for having sex, but who are actually really fearful? Mm -hmm. So I think that there's two sides to this. Like um, sex at the end of the day is beautiful and sweet and it's meant to be safe. And so it's, and there's just, whether you have a lot of fear or just like a little fear, it is something that 
especially it's, if it's your first time, it's a new experience. Like mm-hmm. there's always going to be those nerves. Um, but you might have like a story. Usually people who have a lot of fear, there's a reason for that. Like I had a lot of fear um, going into sex because I had this evangelical um, purity culture thing inside of me that was like, sex is bad and it's just bad, but in marriage it's good somehow. Mm-hmm. But like outside of, and so I was like, well, one day it's going to be good. But for the, <laughs> uh-huh. besides that, it's bad and I should not be thinking about it. I should not be wanting it. My body should mm-hmm. not be craving it. Yes, I felt like I needed to suppress the thoughts of sex, the desire for sex, even the sexual organs in my body to suppress it Mm -hmm. because I knew that it was meant for marriage, but that's not really how God made, God did not make us to be suppressed, but to, to, to be put in a place of waiting. And so I, I, I really didn't understand what that was supposed to look like. So what am I trying to say? If you're scared look into that and find where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. There's so many resources out there. There's so many, and it should be at the end of the day, you should be able to get you to yourself to a place where you feel safe because good sex happens when you're safe mm-hmm. and when you're loved and you're cared for. And so bringing fear into it is going to fight against that safety that it's meant to be. So follow that feeling Mm -hmm. um, and talk about that feeling. And I'm sure there's, there's a reason and God can meet you there. Mm -hmm. He's not afraid of your sexuality, even if you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good to pinpoint what part about it. Are you the most nervous for? Is it just a body image issue where you're Mm -hmm. afraid of being seen naked or is it you're afraid of rejection or are you afraid of the actual act and then you can pinpoint okay what do I actually need to heal from yeah so this question comes up a lot for those who are engaged but in premarital counseling you might get a book or some resources on sex but the book might say read two weeks before your wedding Mm -hmm. and other premarital counselors, they may say, oh, you know, read it a month before. But when mm-hmm. is the right time to read resources about sex? Yeah. I think it really depends on um, who you are as a person and your triggers. And knowing your triggers and knowing if something's going to be too much for you. Um, and so I do think, for me, I waited <laughs> two weeks mm-hmm. right before... Um, and that was okay for me because I really couldn't handle anything up into that point. But I think that there's other people where I think you even said this for you. Like I read it maybe three months before getting married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, and that helped you kind of place stuff in your brain and preparation. A lot less anxious. Yeah. It made me feel safe. So it was different for each person. Right. I'll be super vulnerable here. Um, reading, even reading two weeks before, I read a book that I wouldn't recommend because I do think <laughs> some of it was harmful. Uh-huh. Um, but it basically played out the progression of sex. Mm-hmm. And 
because I never had any sexual education. My because I was Christian, it was homeschool a lot of my life. My mom kind of protected me from that. So I wanted to understand the biological aspect of sex and how to prepare myself. Um, but it really did turn me on and it was really, it made it hard for me um, with my thoughts and everything like that. But I did read it alone in my room. And so I did end up switching, finishing the rest of the book in public. Mm-hmm. And that temptation to to masturbate or to fantasize or to be thinking about what if or what was going to happen really it really killed the mood being in public (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I read it at the gym it was really helpful Mm. even then if it was too much it was just easy to put it away yeah instead of forcing myself to read resources I think into marriage I learned a lot the first three years of my marriage where I was not as afraid to ask questions and I had questions to be asked yeah I didn't even really know what to ask leading up to it. Mm -hmm. But that's because I came in with not a lot of sexual history. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you may receive a book in premarital counseling and they say, you know, read this before you get married. But there is no pressure to download every bit of information you could possibly get into your brain before your wedding day. Um, because you will still be learning as you enter into marriage. You'll be learning for months and years and years after that. So don't worry. You don't need to know everything right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you, it's technically one question, but there's two parts to it. Mm-hmm. So what are some healthy expectations to have when you're first going into having sex for the first time? And then I also would love you to elaborate what if one or both of the people in the couple have a history of porn addiction in the past, does that change their healthy expectations? Would you change your advice for them? Yeah. Um, Healthy expectations for sex the first time. It's very possible that there will not be an orgasm in the first time. But it really depends on your body Mm -hmm. and what works for you. But it's very pot, and that was my experience. But I still, it was still wonderful. It was still, I mean, you can expect to, you're gonna be seeing each other for the first time naked, hopefully. But it's, it is just a special time. So there's gonna be like a lot of new and wonderful things. It might be awkward, mm-hmm. and it might be embarrassing or, you like there's just so much mess to sex and our bodies in general Mm -hmm. like we fart we (laughs) like our bodies make funny noises Uh like and we don't really know what the other person likes yeah and so there's and you might not know what you like either exactly so. Mm -hmm. so but it's a wonderful experience but it, I do think it's good to kind of just take the expectations off and just think about it as this will be a wonderful time that I'll probably always remember. But it's okay if we don't do everything right. Or there's going to be yeah. so many opportunities to try a million things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the start of a lifelong journey. Yeah. Um, I have, yeah, I was talking with one of my friends she got married before I did. 
but she was saying how her expectations for her wedding night where she wanted it to be like so romantic and so um, like the movies like she steps out of her wedding dress and then into sex but she like after that experience she was like I just wish I would have showered like we just had such a long day at the wedding so I just Mm -hmm. wish that I would have not put that pressure on because Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be clean I just wanted to feel comfortable you know feel as comfortable as possible yeah Mm -hmm. and I also think I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think your communication with your fiance about that night Mm -hmm. will attribute to how good it is or how much you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. To ask your spouse, like, what what should foreplay look like? How how long do you expect foreplay to look like? Um, And then, I mean... Even asking, I know that there's some couples that don't have sex the first night when they get married. Yeah. Because they're too tired. Yeah. And they want to save it, which is totally, there's no shame in that and mm-hmm. and be able to communicate that. But yeah, sex at the end of the day is, ugh, I want to say, I'll just pretend like I know something, but like, I want to say it's like 70% communication mm-hmm. is just explaining like, I would like to kiss Mm -hmm. for this amount of time or, um, yeah, different things like that. So I, I totally agree being able to set expectations or even say, these are the things that I would like to happen, or Mm -hmm. I would like to be able to shower beforehand Mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. But it was funny, like even the first during our honeymoon, like there are so many simple things that Rich would have to explain to me, like, you're not touching my penis the way I want you to. <laughs> and uh, which is totally uh-huh. but you don't know how it feels yeah. in someone else's body cuz they you can't feel what they're feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Or like things that would like that would hurt me or that would not feel very good that he would do and I would sometimes be too embarrassed to say it because I'm like mm-hmm. don't want to hurt his feelings, but like it's not about Like, at the end of the day, you both want to please each other. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because sometimes you don't even know if you like that feeling or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to say, you know, stop doing that in a mean way. Right. You can say it in a kind way that will probably not hurt their feelings, but they won't know unless you tell them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Would your answer change at all for a couple that has pornography addiction in the past and their healthy expectations going into marriage if you've had a porn addiction you you can recover Mm -hmm. so there's that hope like you can recover are all of the memories going to go away probably not but there is that possibility of you having more stored memories of you and your spouse than of what you've seen in pornography but um pornography is like, I just, it's like pre- thinking about your relationship in that way and that time of sex is like thinking about your marriage like as a chick flick. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. your marriage is not going to look like you've got mail. Like, <laughs> it's not going to, yeah. like that's just not real life mm-hmm. and pornography is not real life. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, it's fake, it's, meant to excite and there's all different kinds of versions of it but as much as you can it's 
not helpful. It doesn't, it's not a good way to teach yourself Mm -hmm. what to do. Pornography is always harmful to marriage. Even if some, I know some people say like, oh, it helped us or it gave us ideas. But at the end of the day, the science proves that it's never helpful. Mm -hmm. And not to put shame if you've, if you've watched it, if you've been addicted, shame will not help you. And I acknowledge that. I don't want to keep any shame on anyone. There's always grace. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's not it's not good to set expectations or to learn from. The best way to learn is your body and their body. Mm-hmm. And there's so much wonder to it. I feel like the Bible talks a lot about that, too. It's just there's a mystery mm-hmm. in two humans becoming one, and God wants it to be mysterious. Mm-hmm. Which we don't like as humans. We don't like, <laughs> like mystery. A plus B yeah. C. We want formulas. Yeah. 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 I I agree with you. I think that porn teaches that it's quick. It's like this quick adrenaline rush. Mm. And so going into real life intimacy, you can't expect the same adrenaline rush because it's not made to be like that. Um, it is made to be exciting and fun. But it's not supposed to be a quick fix for anything. Um, And it does take a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to learn. You will learn your partner for the rest of your life. Um, And then also, you're going to have a lot of times, especially in the very beginning, where you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I've never done this before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Talking to some friends about this this morning, actually, just about how it's harder for evangelical men to break or statistically it's been harder for them to break an addiction of porn because of shame Mm. because they know it's so wrong it's like shame really keeps us trapped in addiction and so if I could say anything to anyone coming from that background is just receive God's grace grace upon grace but at the same time like I would encourage you to have a no um, tolerance policy with pornography Mm -hmm. to really protect your marriage. And there's so many resources to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've I've talked to girls even recently that have been like, well, should I just watch a little bit so that I know Mm -hmm. what to do? And I'm like, no, it will (laughs) not help help. It won't teach you. Like the skills that you need our, your spouse can show you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many lovely books that help you understand your, even just like little practices of like you touching your spouse's hand and them touching your hand and mm-hmm. be able to direct like what feels nice and touching each other's hands. Mm-hmm. That's just a small picture of how you can explore in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of just uh, like Christian websites that are there like oh do you want ideas for positions and they'll show you like little stick figure drawings so there is a safe way to get ideas without using porn um yeah holly if you could go back (laughs) and tell your engaged self one thing about sex what would it be maybe one thing's limiting if you want to go off more than one thing i mean just anything really (laughs) yeah what i say i would say Get out of your head. Mm -hmm. I would say the goal is to 
I don't know if you've ever done this before, but when I am doing something that I enjoy, I usually forget where I am and forget what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just in the moment. And that's something that I've struggled with in different areas of my life is just being present in the moment. And so if I could, yeah, if I could tell myself anything, I would just say, be in the moment and you'll find your way. The orgasm experience has been so up and down for me over the last um, six years. It's been like, you know, where I go months at a time where I'm just like orgasming like nothing. And then there's been times where I don't orgasm for two months and I get really down on myself. Um, and yeah, that's the enemy just trying to steal Mm -hmm. the joy of my marriage and my relationship. And so, yeah, I would say, um, as much as you can be in the moment, it's not about reaching that point. And what else would I tell myself? Um, there is an element of sex that's play. Mm -hmm. And so, I would encourage myself to play and to find the child within that wants to just play with my husband. Mm -hmm. And I would also say it's okay to be um, free in your mind about your spouse Mm -hmm. in the, in, in sex. Um, I think I, when I first started having sex, I was like, what do I do with my mind? (laughs) (laughs) I would like be thinking about all kinds of things. Like, what are we going to do for dinner? Or like my, sometimes my mind would trail into like thinking about like sexual things that I've seen in the past. And so there is an element of like guarding your mind in Mm -hmm. sex, but also there's the beauty that God wants you to just like, be thinking about your spouse in a wonderful way and Mm -hmm. uplifting them. So that's been a journey for me. Mm -hmm. And so I would just say like, um, bring, bring the Holy spirit into that and leave shame at the door. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like you want to get organized, but just don't have the time to maybe the planners you bought in the past have been helpful for just a little bit, but then you lose it or completely forget it exists? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, homework, relationships, and personal growth. They have paper and digital bullet journals, so if paper is not your thing, you can use it on your computer or tablet. There's also so many adorable stickers and notepads to choose from so you can decorate your workspace and keep it tidy. My bullet journal was a game changer for me, and since I customized it, it was already set up for what I personally needed. So if you're ready to get your life in order, you can find their products today on lifeinordershop.com and use the code JENNY15, that's jenny one 5 to get 15% off your purchase. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and order a product today. I like how you said, what do I do with my mind? Because that's true. And when we're doing any activity that we enjoy, like you said, sometimes we just lose track of time. And there's a lot of beauty in that. And I I have met some women that 
I just, if anyone was wondering this as you're listening, um, when we're, it is okay to fantasize about your husband when yeah. you're married yeah. in a sexual way because you are one flesh. Um, but I have had some girls who ask, like, it wasn't okay when I wasn't married, so is it okay yeah. when I am married? Yes, it is okay. Yeah. Um, because it's no longer lust. You are one flesh with that person. Mm-hmm. So any resources you'd recommend about this topic? I also kind of want to ask you, are there any resources you would not recommend? <laughs> but yeah. but um, you don't have to answer that if you don't want to. Yeah. If you don't want to throw any books or yeah. people like those books onto the bus. Yeah. I'm probably not as... A, so I love the um Sheila Gregory she's written like the good girls a uh, guide to great sex um she has the bear marriage podcast mm-hmm. which is very it's her niche is like women coming from evangelical christianity and kind of trying to promote the fact that sex is not just for your husband's pleasure but also for yours mm-hmm. um which was something that i needed to hear not because, I mean, my husband is the most gentle, loving, like, caring person. If I wouldn't orgasm, he was more disappointed than I was. <laughs> he was like, what else can I do? <laughs> Just like uh-huh. he was willing to do anything and everything for me. He still is. He's amazing. Um, but it's something I needed for myself mm-hmm. because I definitely went into marriage like, do the thing for him. Um, so, yeah, I think that she has a lot of really great tools I would, I would pump the brakes on love and respect. Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I wouldn't throw it all out. I know some people that would say burn it in the trash. Yeah. But I would pump the brakes on that. I would pump the brakes on um, every man's battle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's what it's called. Every man's battle. That talks about... um, how every man has a lust problem. Yeah. It's like it's kind of insulting to every yeah. man who doesn't. Right. Yeah. Just like saying, are you are you gonna read a book that's like every woman deals with identity issues? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. Right. Because <laughs> to assign a sin to an entire gender is a very dangerous yeah. thing. That's not good. Um and it yeah, it can do bad things to women too. Um they're like, well, am I a man if I'm dealing with lust? No, you're not. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, the Bear Marriage podcast. There is, maybe I could send a few more to you. There is, there's been a lot of really good podcasts. And I've actually learned some things from secular sex therapists mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, you have to just definitely take the meat and throw out the bones. But there is something that I think the world gets that sometimes evangelical Christians need to find. And I'm sure there's some saved Christian Mm -hmm. sex therapists out there, but I have learned some things from unsaved sex therapists where they kind of identify like how God created our biology Mm -hmm. and how he made us um, to be like this idea of like, having sex in a safe, free way. Right. Whereas I do think in Christian circles, we accidentally throw shame into the pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but, if someone goes to any counseling office for sex therapy or marriage therapy, whatever, the counselor is not allowed to force their beliefs onto the person that they're counseling. That yeah. That should not happen. So you could, you know, 
they'll go with whatever you believe as you mm-hmm. state, you know, this is what I think and these are my beliefs. So no one should ever convince you otherwise yeah. of that your body wasn't created by God and this isn't a good mm-hmm. thing you should enjoy. So if anyone is confused or just has more questions, how can they identify a safe person they could actually talk to about this? Because sometimes you feel like you're in it all alone, but you don't yeah. have to be alone. Yeah. So one thing I would say is that um, they don't have to be married um, to to give you, to be a safe place or to even give you wisdom. I've had some single friends that have spoken into my marriage, mm-hmm. that have spoken into my life. Um, now, some single friends don't want to talk to me about sex, and I respect that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I definitely think someone who is not... I would avoid someone who's a gossip. Mm-hmm. And I would also be careful about anyone that's um, that will bring judgment into this area. Because even if maybe you need to be better aligned with scripture or you need the truth of God, this is a very, very sensitive topic. And God can bring, he corrects us with kindness mm-hmm. And so judgment, I think, can just destroy sometimes what's been built. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So, and then I would also say, even just like, I do feel like there are older women in the church, like finding women in the church can be really helpful. Um, But I would ask them like their resources Mm -hmm. and just like what their beliefs are, maybe before you divulge your story. Yeah. I because there are there is the reality that because we're Christians because we believe so strongly in marriage that sometimes for the sake of marriage we encourage bad things like mm. we encourage staying in an unhealthy situation or um having sex when we don't want to have sex you know we yeah. encourage things that aren't helpful with the right heart mm-hmm. so yeah i would just ask like What's your experience? Do you like the book Woman Respect? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, what what do you believe about sex? You can get mm-hmm. wisdom before you share mm-hmm. your story or yeah. what you're going into. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you divulge your story, you can't like take it back mm-hmm. or suck it all up like they never heard it. That's really yeah. good. Well, thank you so much for being the guest, Holly. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your wisdom and your vulnerability. Yeah. And I think that it's all very wise advice and I remember I mean I still am a newlywed been married for almost two years but um I remember just the very very beginning feeling like who do I talk to about this I don't I don't know no one's ever told me who I can talk to so for my friends who have gotten married I've told them you know I'm always open to talking about sex with you so good you know you don't have to but if you want to, I'm here. So I just like leave an open door for them, but it's been helpful for me and for them. That's great. Yeah. So thank you for tuning into this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. I love hearing from you. So if any part of this episode was helpful, go ahead, share it on your Instagram story and tag us. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. 
And if you would be so kind, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or our website. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.